103. It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 9th of May. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Coming up over the course of the next hour, Ireland's National Remote Working Conference will be held in Leash next month. It's a two-day event, so later on I'll be joined by the co-founder of Grow Remote, Tracy Kyo, to talk about everything remote working around policy around strategies and what organisations need to do now to ensure that they can attract and retain talent, particularly where remote working is a key feature of their business, to further talk about the power and indeed the strategic gains from remote working. We'll be joined by Siobhan Curtin, the director for Ireland at eBay, um, who will also be a speaker at the event next month. And of course, we'll have all the details of that conference, how you can attend, be it as a delegate or as an exhibitor, and all the details of exactly what's happening over those two days. Later too, you'll meet Roger Smith, the Managing Director of Technobuild. They're an awfully based construction company. And just last month, they scooped a major award at the Irish Construction Excellence Awards for a project that they did locally uh, to their business. And it was all to do with retrofitting and energy upgrading of a house. And also, the whole issue of COVID. We know the pandemic is over. The WHO have officially declared it's over. Um, But what effect is it having on our workplaces, particularly with who had been labelled as the COVID graduates and apparently lots of people are struggling with teamwork and even basically things like interaction with colleagues and some of the big companies, some of the big four in particular have developed uh, specific training schemes in order to facilitate and integrate these people back in. Bear in mind a lot of these people when they began working, having graduated, never actually worked in an office for a couple of years because of remote working and the pandemic and all. So to find out more about exactly what's happening and how our behaviours are changing in, I suppose, a COVID and now a post-COVID environment, I'll be joined by from Bosnia native um, Porig Wall. She's a behavioural psychologist at Actualize Academy and he'll actually see whether this is actually very true or is it something that he can debunk as well. So I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth around that one later on. But uh, to, if you want to join, of course, the, the conversation on this evening's show, you can do so, as always, by texting WhatsApp on 083 103. You can get me here in the studio, text or WhatsApp, send me a voice note, send me a text message, whatever suits for yourself. Or if there's something that you'd like to get, you know, talk about on the show, you'd like to put forward a proposal for your business to come on the show. Business at Midlands103.com remains the best way to find me there. But to begin this evening, um, like I would regularly do on this show, if somebody passes away that has had a significant effect on the business community and indeed their local communities in the areas, it's always um, very pertinent to remember them and just to kind of pay tribute to the work they did and the, the business they built up. And anyone around Borough would have been greeted with the sad news last week of the passing of John McKeown. And John was one of the founders of Romaquip based in Burr. An absolute success story, both locally, nationally and indeed internationally. And um, To find a little bit more about John and just to remember... Remember, John, I'm delighted to be joined by Councillor Peter Ormond. Peter, of course, is a Fianna Fáil councillor representing the Borough Municipal District on Offaly County Council. A very good evening, Peter. Uh, good evening, Ronnie, and thanks very much for having me on. Peter, can you talk to us about John McKeown, the type of man he was? Yeah, look, uh, John came to uh, John came to the Midlands, as he can borrow, in, in, in the mid-1980s. And from there, he set up, as you mentioned, the very successful uh, Roma-equipped business and I think we were very fortunate in Borough that John and his good partner Ray Leonard set up Roma Quip and they had a, a vision um, 
about setting up a, a world-class business in, in the Midlands and the, the harvest, the, the good talents and skills that was available in the area to, to build that business. So last, I think, on the 2nd of, of May last week when the announcement came out that the town was, was shocked and, and it was a wonderful tributes paid and wonderful families paid tribute to John for the opportunities that he gave him and uh, for the quite assuming man he was that he he went about his business in a very quiet way but certainly he, he had an outstanding effect uh, on a positive effect on the people of Bourne and surrounding areas. And he wasn't a native of Bourne, he came from County Antrim but he certainly has left yeah. a lasting impact there. Do, do we know how many people approximately work there at present? I wouldn't have to give you the exact figure, but it, was, it, it is a very large employer employer in 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 the area. Um, I think, like we, we as I mentioned, we've we've been fortunate in in the, in the past that we have such indigenous industries that were that were built up. Um, like Boris, suppose in the past has hasn't had many much foreign direct investment, and and we rely on 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 um, John and, and and Ray in in Rome equipment grants, engineering and, and milling foods to supply employment opportunities and uh, certainly um, they've been to the forefront to the forefront in that and I must say I always I live south of Borough and I, all, I always get great pride and satisfaction when I go into Bruxelles mornings to meet three or four lorries heading to, heading towards the ports in the UK and uh, heading off for, for export so it's, it's, it's wonderful to see it. I'd say a lot of people listening probably wouldn't even realise the extent of the export market that they've created there I mean the specialised equipment both for you know uh, clearing roads for spreading grit but also for recycling too I mean products that were developed in Ireland that really were, were pioneered and, and first introduced in markets all across the world before they even even, even uh, grey streets in Ireland like a fantastically innovative company Absolutely and look um, like when, when when they started I suppose first um, we, we knew them as a manufacturer of winter maintenance vehicles and we, we all see their snow plows right, right in, in the UK and Ireland right, right through Europe but then um, and again they were ahead of their time in terms of the recycling applications and, and the curbside recycling application that they developed and, and that was really you know what I mean that was the vision that these people had that they were able to come up with these products and, and sell them on, on the world market and uh, they were they were really immediate they, they were in Europe and, and, and the UK before they were actually here here in Ireland. So like you mean they, they really went after um different markets and uh, you know I mean it's really a credit to John and Ray for the developer in Rome equip. It's very hard to put a number really on, on the impact that a business like that has on a local community too, but I'm sure he had I'm sure his effect within the community and all community matters too was was, was quite large. Absolutely, and look, the first time I met John, I met him actually out in, in, in the golf club in Bor uh, at, at a golf classic. He was out supporting, and, and uh, he spent many a Friday afternoon and Saturday uh, out supporting local organisations and, and communities in, in, in terms of golf classics and, and charity events. And, and you know, I mean, um, his effect and his positivity in the community was, was, will certainly be missed and, and has been missed for a while, but it's certainly going to be missed going, going forward. Um, he made an outstanding contribution to Bor and the Midlands and, and so many families have benefited from, from what he's achieved. Absolutely, and a huge legacy there and one that will continue. And I know, as you say, there's a, a great management team in place too and, and undoubtedly it will continue. And uh, But Peter, for now, thank you so much for coming this evening as well. Yeah, look, uh, and I'd just, like just like to, I suppose, conclude by just, just to passing on my, my sympathies to his wife, Paula, and his daughters, Annette and Deborah, and his son, Stephen, and his head lost. They're going to miss him greatly. Absolutely, uh, Peter, and certainly everybody here at Midlands 103 and I'll be listening will, will second that too. So, Peter, thank you so much for that this evening. Thanks, Ron, for having me on. Um, that's Councillor Peter Ormond there just talking about the, the passing of John McKeown, one of the co-founders of Rome Equip. Again, just check him out, romequip.ie, fabulous company and another company that showcases the 
the innovation, the entrepreneurship and talent that exists around the Midlands region. And as Peter mentioned, there's a cluster of fantastic engineering companies that have built up around Burr and they are significant employers in the area. And when I say significant, like many of them are topping the 100 mark and some have gone way beyond that as well. So it's a credit to all those people. But uh, John was certainly one of almost the originals there too, going way back to 1981. And the company he's built was absolutely huge, huge. May he rest in peace. Time now for a short break. After that, you'll meet Roger Smith, the Managing Director of Technobill. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come this evening, Ireland's National Remote Working Conference will take place in Leash next month. To find out all about that, I'll be joined by the co-founder of Grow Remote, Tracy Kyo, but also by the site director Ireland at eBay, Siobhan Curtin, who will talk about their approach to remote working and the the policies and such around that. And also we'll get all the key details about that two-day event that's coming up. And a little bit later, we'll look at that whole thing around COVID graduates, as they're being called. So people who graduated college during the COVID years, during the lockdowns and all that time around remote working and nobody going to the workplace, there are apparently problems emanating from the fact that they had no experience in working with people or their colleagues. And some of that could be just getting used to the company culture, the way work, or just learning those on-the-job skills in their chosen discipline. So the look at whether this is an actual problem will be joined later by behaviour psychologist Porig Walsh. And we'll see whether that's actually happening or whether it's just a fancy headline that hit the papers over the last couple of days. But uh, before that, Technobuild are an awfully based company. They're based out of Kilclonfort and they were established by Roger Smith. And they were they've recently been awarded at the National sorry, at the Irish Construction Excellence Awards. They took home an award for the full retrofit and energy upgrade to a private home category. A major achievement for a relevant new firm. Uh, Roger is the manager Roger Smith is managing director, as I say, based in Tech in, in Kilclonfort. Roger, you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business. Thanks very much, Ryan. Roger, take us to 2019 and when it came to actually setting up your company, Technobuild. What was the key driver and what motivated you to go and actually establish a construction company? I suppose the, the main driver for getting Technobuild going was uh, I had been doing some very long hours and very long commutes up and down to Dublin for three or four years. And um, I wanted to get a bit more sort of time with family and everything at home so um, a local guy bought a shop here in Dangan and then the Scully and Mary and uh, they they um, gave us the opportunity to price the, the refurbishment work on that shop in, in Dangan and, and that was really what got us started you know. So fill in the, the bit before that as well you didn't just decide one night I'm going to set up a building company and, and start refurbing shops in Dangan you have a history you know you have a lot of experience in the industry but actually quite interestingly in both private and in public sector and um, so but at what point had you you made that decision you know, based on, be it whatever, looking at more time with the family? But it's a big move for anybody to set up a company and particularly to go into construction where there would be a lot of competition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, my background, um, as I was saying, is, is originally I done construction management and, and worked with some of the some of the larger construction companies in Ireland like Sisk and McAleer and Rush, uh, Elliott's, uh, as I was saying, on the, on the, the swimming pool and leisure centre in Tullamore. And then the recession came and, and I actually was lucky enough to, to join Offaly County Council for a number of years um, as town foreman actually in Bar originally. And uh, then I was property manager for them uh, for a year or so before I before I left. Um, and I also done the quantity surveying degree while I was with them. Um, so I suppose when things started to brighten up, um, I wanted to get some experience in quantity surveying under my belt. And uh, I joined the firm in Ballsbridge in Dublin. Um, 
uh, for a couple of years, and I went from there to PM Group managing uh, project managing uh, data center design and, and and construction campus of data centers out in Holland. Actually, so look, I suppose a varied background in construction, but as I said, the the, the commute and and the long hours and and that were starting to take its toll and on you know family wise, and and I wanted to get a bit more time at home, so. All those things sort of drove us to, I always wanted to, to give uh, construction a go and, and to try and, and set up my own company. And the opportunity, as I say, arose then and, and we said, we'll, 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 we'll take a chance on it and go for it, you know. And what an opportunity, because right on your doorstep, as opposed to having to you know, recommute back up to Dublin and now on your, on your own basis. So the type of work that Technobuilds typically do, is it more fit out or are you kind of a general building or what are your areas of speciality? Well, look, I suppose we're sort of 50-50 residential, commercial. Um, do you know what I mean? We we do residential refurb and extension. Um, we actually do a good bit of refurb work for, for a fund there that has a lot of property. And then on the commercial side, we do uh, temperature control environments like, uh, you know, temperature control warehouse, warehouses, um, chillers, cold rooms. We do clean rooms up to a particular grade, um, you know, for food processing and that type of thing. And then we do office fit-out and, uh, look, shop fit-out, I suppose, um, when you consider it like Scully's and a couple of others. Um, so we're sort of 50-50 commercial to, to residential, you know. So there's, there's a lot of high-skilled work in that by the sounds of it. So when it comes to building a team around you, is there a lot of kind of really good skills and trades that you have to then bring into the company and, and was that a challenge and how did you go about you know gathering those people and, and, and creating the team that is Technobuild now? Yeah well I suppose I was very lucky that uh, my my business partner Sean Riley uh, is, a, is a carpenter or a master carpenter by trade and um, you know he sort of can turn his hand to anything so Sean is Sean is you could put him, you know, you could ask Sean to look after a residential job today or a commercial job tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So he was, he's a huge part of the business um, and, and a great asset to have. And we've, we've over the years, we've, we've over the couple of years, three or four years now, we, we've taken on um, some really good guys and uh, guys that can look after work for us as well, you know, um, like doing clean room work and that, you know, you need, you need good guys around you. Absolutely, and it's pretty in that sector too. Word of mouth is huge in terms of getting more work or getting the opportunity to tender for for other clean room work or data center work. That those high end jobs that you've also targeted as well as the the other stuff that you've described. But of course, if we take it back to twenty nineteen, you've just set up your company with Sean, and you've got that job on your doorstep as well. And we all know what happened in the world from around February or March twenty twenty. Uh, certainly, a shock for a new business owner. How did you begin to try to get your heads around number one what was happening and what did you do in that time in terms of mitigating and ensuring that you came out the other end with a business? Absolutely. Look, we, we, um, we like everyone else, the three months that nearly everyone shut down, we were shut down. And we were lucky enough, I suppose, that we hadn't any major money borrowed or anything like that. So we could, you know, we could sort of step away from it and step back to it then when, when we were left, you know what I mean, in June of, of, of 2020. But other than those three months, we, we worked right through COVID, you know what I mean? And we were very lucky that the clients we had that, uh, you know, once we had all our COVID, uh, COVID management in place and everything else, we could continue to work 
Um, look, construction is a sort of, it's a game that you, you know, it's an industry that you have to be able to think in your feet and adapt. And, and do you know what I mean? COVID was just another big curveball that you had to try and, and uh, you know, uh, work your way through. Um, and look, it sort of made us stronger on when we came out of it. Obviously, of course, you come out of it then. And then we know that the World Health Organization have officially declared the pandemic over as of this week. But coming from that then, last year we see the illegal invasion by Russia into Ukraine as well and the offshoot and the, the impact it has had in terms of, you know, on energy prices and then subsequently on pretty much every material used in construction industry. How has it been looking at that and I suppose taking that on board, looking at existing contracts and future tenders? How do you go about kind of mitigating that given that the price increases that we saw on things like steel and insulation were, to say unprecedented, would be the understatement of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, the cost of materials and even, you know, for residential or commercial work, uh, you know, it has all gone up sort of quarterly or, or monthly in some cases, particularly the likes of, you know, materials for residential work, you know, nearly every month. There's there's some suppliers sending in a, a letter with a list of stuff that's going up, you know, in increments of maybe 10 or 15 percent sometimes. It's not ones and twos. So, like, again, you just have to be very careful when you're tender work that, that you have you know, an allowance there that, you know, these things can go up and, you know, you have to be careful of contracts and everything else. But uh, look, I suppose there's very small reductions in stuff now, like timber has come back a little bit, but like it, it went up something like 40% and it came back two or three, you know what I mean? So the, the reductions are very little at the moment um, and anything that's energy intensive, like concrete or blocks or you know anything along those lines is like they're 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 continuing to increase at the moment it seems to be a constant with with all those you know with any business you speak to that yes stuff has gone up quite quickly it's coming down an awful lot slower than that and and some people want more movement on that from your point of view as as a smaller contractor is there enough protection for businesses like yours in terms of the contracts within construction now like do they really safeguard and ensure that you can go and compete for jobs and carry out jobs full of the knowledge that those contracts are protecting you or is it still an area where some work needs to be done by, by the sector at large? Uh, well, definitely the like the the RAAI contracts do offer a certain amount of protection to to a construction company. The government government contract is a little bit less uh, flexible, shall we say? And um, I definitely think there is there's talk that there's going to be a certain amount of work done on on the government contracts to try and and make them a little more flexible. Do you know what I mean? But uh, Look, it's like anything, you just have to be very careful and, and read the fine print and make sure that, that you know, you, you're protected yourself, you know. And I'm sure that QS uh, degree will come come in to help big time in that. It's a nice thing to have in your back pocket. But one of the main reasons you're here as well, Roger, to talk to me this evening is, you know, to talk about the fantastic business that is Technobuild. But also, just at the end of last month, ye scooped a major award, a National Construction Award at the Irish Construction Excellence Awards and the project was the full retrofit and energy upgrade to a private home. It must be nice to be recognised by your industry peers for the work you've done. Oh, well, we're absolutely delighted to win that award, uh, Ronan. Look, I suppose the project itself, you know, it was something that we said we'd put it in for the ICE Awards just because, we, you know, when would we get the opportunity to do it again? And, um, you know, it was an E1 rated house up to, uh, and at the end, it was an A1 rated house. So it, it, it was a good example of what can be done with it, with a, an older property, you know, to bring it up to modern standards. Um, and that was our angle, I suppose, when we, when we made our submission. 
Um, but no, really delighted to get it at the end. You know, we were really delighted to, 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 to be successful in that one and, and win the award, you know. Was it a straight retrofit, just kind of wrapping the building that was there already, or did it involve a redesign and an extension or any modifications to the property that was there? Yeah, well, look, in, I suppose uh, MMA architects from Athlone were, were uh, involved in it, and Cormac Allen there from C Consult in Tullamore, he was the, the structural engineer on it. There was a there was a small extension uh, to the house to uh, sort of make the, the the house flow, I suppose, a little better and and bring a lot more light into it. Windows were enlarged and um, there was actually no external wrap on it. It was all done internally, um, dry lining and 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 uh, insulation ceilings, insulated slabs and ceilings, and we took out all the floors and put in underfloor heating, and uh, we got a good air tightness um, rating on it. And put a heat. There was a heat pump in it, and um, a, a fairly substantial solar array on the roof as well. So, it all lent itself to to getting from E1, as I say, up to A1. You know, at E1, was it an, an old house to begin with? It was actually it, it was a fine house. It just it just wasn't energy efficient, if you know what I mean. It, it just didn't retain heat, and and um, you know it, it it just had a bad energy rating, and and that was sort of declining. Brief lads, I want to get this you know, house to become more energy efficient and more sustainable. Well, taking it from an E1 to an A1 is an outstanding achievement too and, and fantastic to see you see the company recognised on a national level for that. Has that whetted your appetite now? Will you be looking at re-entering and putting in more applications for next year? Because, uh, you know, now you've set the standards, you've got to keep it up. Absolutely, I suppose, yeah. We've we've probably set the bar high for ourselves now, you know. <laughs> and to do that year on year, though, I think would be would be would be maybe difficult. But we'll definitely keep trying, and we always try to. We're always trying to grow and, and innovate the business that uh, you know that it's fresh and, and that there is something like that came for. That's uh, Roger Smith there, the Managing Director of Technobuild, based in Kilclonfort in County Offaly. You can check them out and check out their portfolio of work on technobuild.ie. That's T-E-K-N-A-B-U-I-L-D dot I-E. Time now for another break. After that, we'll find out all about the remote work conference that's taking place in Port, in Port Leash next month. Um, it really is bringing together all you know, people who are behind the policies, behind remote working, it's bringing government officials and a lot of key players in that whole area of remote work. It's something that really had come on our radar long before COVID, long before any of us knew what remote working was. Um, it's certainly something that everybody in every business is aware of now. Um, so let's find out exactly what's taking place in Port Leash and from a remote work perspective, what we need to be aware of and the changes that are coming and indeed both organisational needs, employee demands, etc. And look at how remote work can really help you put your business on an upward trajectory. That's all coming after this quick break. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. The Next month in Port Leash, a significant national conference will take place. It is a two-day event and it's Ireland's National Remote Working Conference. And to find out more about that, I suppose, look at the current state of play in a scenario around remote working. I'm delighted to be joined by Tracy Kyo. Tracy is one of the co-founders of Grow Remote. And Tracy appeared with me on the show a number of times over the past couple of years, all before a certain global event propelled many of us into home working for really the first time ever. The last couple of years have really changed the way we work, changed our outlook on how work can be done, how goals can be met. 
and indeed should really be informing how we set our organisational strategies as we move forward. But I suppose to begin, uh, Tracy, you're very welcome back to Taking Care of Business and Grow Remote first was established around 2018, way before you know what. Um, At the time, we were learning a lot about organisations, the likes of Shopify, who had hundreds of employees working in the country, none of them working in a conventional office. Where are we now in terms of remote work and what has the pandemic done? Has it actually kind of given people a more favourable view of remote working or has it kind of blurred the boundaries between remote working, hybrid working, etc.? We did, uh, Ronan, thanks a million. And we did, we started back in 2018 and we were completely a volunteer movement and you were very good to us back then and it's great to be back on now. So around that time, I suppose we had saw a challenge in terms of fully remote companies like uh, Automatic, GitLab, you know, Shopify, those employers who would employ anybody anywhere and they didn't have any location on their job advertisements. But those companies weren't well known in their local communities. So at that point, it was really about driving awareness of those companies. And we're still in a position where Slightly because of COVID, I suppose we can still see remote work as, you know, sometimes you go up to Dublin, you get a job. If you're trusted enough, they'll let you work from the Midlands of Port Leash. But really, I suppose there's another side to remote work, which is completely removing location as a barrier to employment. And that's where the full potential is. And then just, I suppose, on COVID and, and organisations, it's really hard to tell. I, I saw um, an article in the Irish Times last week where companies were offering bonuses for managers who get their their team members back into the office. So it depends on the motivations there, right? For some organisations, they've got big bills in terms of rent and and buildings in in city centres. And for others, it's more cultural. But really, there's solutions to each of those challenges. We just need to open up the conversation and get to a point where we can identify the challenges, have open source the solutions and make them publicly and freely available. And believe it or not, I actually have that article sitting in front of me at the minute and there's something a thousand (laughs) pounds sterling, you know, to get people back to the office. But I think, you know, as you say, it depends on the organisation. It depends maybe on the product or service and the culture and the scale there's so many factors you say it's to start that conversation and open it up and see what works because you know as many companies are shown there's huge benefits and we'll have a real life example very shortly from Siobhan Curtin with eBay Ireland but when we when we think of all that even today like I copped another headline that says the chat GPT founder says the era of remote work is over Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly it is not and you know this this whole the way things sit at the minute surely people are beginning to twig, number one. They've, they've had an opportunity, which I, I'm, I'm sure the likes of yourselves and the people at Grow Remote never probably thought would come with what happened during the pandemic in terms of people suddenly being thrust into a situation where we had to work from home. So what are the key learnings been, I suppose, and what has your what has Grow Remote learned from the past three years too? See, it was really hard to compare remote uh, to the pandemic, right? Because that was emergency working. People obviously were at home with their kids and dogs and everything. And it was a very unique kind of a situation. What did spring forward a huge amount during that time was technology, investment in technology services to service the remote market um, and, and the idea of remote. But really, as we we kind of anticipated three horizons coming out of COVID. The first was, you know, just out of COVID. Okay, we'll do three days in, two days out, you know. We'll just try and do the best of both worlds. And that generally doesn't work without a remote first culture. The next one is cheaper we're going to need to make a decision, right? And I think an awful lot of companies are at that point now. So we need to have really serious um, conversations about the business case, purely based on, you know, profit and keeping the business going. We have Kate Lister coming over from, um, she's the president of Global Workplace Analytics. She has like the bio of data and insights and research around remote work and she's going to speak to that 
specific issue. Um, so, and I think then companies will either decide, okay, we need a big cultural transformation project, you know, where we transition to remote first, um, or we decide to go back into the office and both are fine. We just need to see some decisions being made. But it is important to say when people say whether remote is here to stay or not, there's 100,000 decent careers open remotely in the Midlands today. They're not advertised locally because they can't be, because some of them are advertised across Europe and the job goes wherever the talent is. We know for sure that that talent is in the Midlands, absolutely certain. Um, and I guess that's what June is about. It's like bringing these employers together in person because they're so hard to get in person and bringing them for two days, talks, festival, to try and see, you know, just get uh, people exposed to these companies a little bit more because it could still be very hard to tell Ronan, you know, which companies are, like remote work was scams for so long, you know, it was the work from home pyramid schemes. I think eBay might tell you a little bit about that, but um, now it's genuinely decent employment. Absolutely. As you say, like the, the numbers of jobs there are quite staggering and conventional ways of advertising a job locally, you know, that doesn't apply to remote work. It doesn't mean that that the jobs aren't there. But I know from talking to you previously, things like, you know, po- policy and even kind of, um, you know, in direction from the department and the government around remote working were something that you were very passionate about. What have the last couple of years done in that regard? And, and where do we sit now in terms of our, our overall approach from a policy point of view to remote working? Yeah, I suppose we've had two things, right? We've had the remote work strategy and then we had the work-life bill. Um, And out of that, you know, we were up in the Oireachtas when they had the first draft of that and it was, you know, the 15 kind of reasons you could say no to it. And a lot of them were myths that that didn't really exist in, you know, brilliant remote companies. Um, So we brought in, you know, excellent Irish remote companies like Slowfox, one of the fastest growing remote companies in Ireland who actually exited the ABC, a brilliant Ireland uh, um, success story. But to kind of explain how onboarding happens, how we transition to a remote first culture, I think that the next thing is the same way that we have digital grants in local enterprise offices to help you go online. We need that level of systemic support to transition over to remote for most organisations. And we've been in this since 2018. We run the largest training programme in remote. You know, we live and breathe it day in, day out. It is not just a simple case of, Asher, you can work from home. So there's a lot more to it. And we need concrete supports. You know, and we have that for going online. We need it for going going remote. Um, so hopefully that's the next pace that we'll get to. Yeah, it sounds like a very something that would sit nicely with all the kind of grants for digital and, and for other stuff like that. Too. And even from a lean perspective within the Leos, I think there's certainly a, a good cause for that. But we'll come on to the Remote Work Conference, the Grow Remote Summit that's taking place next month in just a few minutes. But before that, Tracy, I'm going to bring Siobhan Curtin, the Director for Ireland at eBay, into the conversation. A very good evening, Siobhan. Good evening, Ronan. Uh, nice to be with you here and Tracy also. Siobhan, could you give us just a a quick overview of the scale of eBay's operations in Ireland at present? Yeah, sure. So we have um, hundreds of employees all across Ireland. And one of our claims that we can now say is that we actually have an employee in every county in Ireland um, this year. So, you know, fantastic to be able to say that we are really across the breadth of Ireland. And can you take us through eBay's journey to remote work? You know, when did it begin and at what point did it really become or did you identify it as being potentially a key strategic objective? Yeah, sure. So in um, eBay Ireland actually led the way establishing our eBay at Home program back in 2017. So long before we had COVID-19 or the pandemic, um, eBay in Ireland was a pioneer and in the evolution of remote working and and doing so, that meant when the pandemic hit, we were equipped to handle that and none of our services suffered um, because of the pandemic. 
Um, following on from the success of the pilot um, run in Ireland, the eBay at Home program or model has actually been introduced to eBay markets all across um, the world for our global customer experience team. So starting off in 2017 to now, um, obviously has been, you know, tremendous. Um, differences happening in the world of work and, and lots of innovation. But we were really proud that of our remote working model and that worked and that was successful across, you know, globally across eBay. When you mentioned that success, obviously things like productivity, the innovation piece, all that kind of re- remained as, as strong as it ever had. But was there anything within that that jumped out that you maybe hadn't foreseen that you kind of went, wow, there's something, an offshoot of remote working that we hadn't thought of? Yeah, I think as we kind of proved out the concept in those early days, I think there was a couple of things really around why it worked and how it worked and how it was successful. And really, it was around the talent and the pool of talent we were able to expand our roles to. So um, in eBay, and, and most of our roles are around helping and supporting our customers who are also very diverse. And us having a diverse um, team and diverse talent all across Ireland has really made successful business outcomes. So we can show up for our customers in a different way. We can drive the growth of our business in a different way. And also internally, when we look at our internal measures, what we see is better retention. So we're retaining more of our employees. We see satisfaction, employee satisfaction growing. And then also we have external measures which you know, validation. Um, last year, we were fourth best employer in, in, in the Sunday Independent, the 150 top employers. And we also, um, last year, won a diversity and tech award for cultural inclusion. So, you know, really, eBay is founded on providing economic opportunity for all. And the remote working is a no-brainer for us and successful from a business point of view and from a people point of view, and most importantly, our customers. Yeah, it's fantastic to see that an employee, at least one employee in every county in the country is a phenomenal achievement too and really kind of it, it showcases what can be achieved. But when it comes to recruiting that very talent that you speak of and making people aware of some of the roles and some very high quality roles that are available with an organisation such as yours, is there, are there still challenges there? Yeah, there are for sure. And I remember in, in the early days when we were recruiting, we, we relied heavily on, on partners such as Grow Remote and our IDA um, colleagues as well, and, and some of the connected hubs that are throughout the country. Um, we did some roadshows in Sligo and Cavan in the digital hubs there, and people were coming into us and couldn't actually believe that, you know, these jobs were real, they were full-time, they were permanent, all of the benefits that we provide as well, um, which, you know, really high-quality jobs. And why we've kind of, just, you know, really come out strong across some of those areas, we still find that, um, people don't know about these jobs or don't know how to apply for these jobs. And some of the things that we're doing to close that job, uh, to close that gap is around we will now advertise um, location lists. So we have our, our on our job board today, you'll see Remote Ireland is advertised. So we're trying to get out of that local advertisement. But, you know, the best best outcome for us or the best way to get the, the word across is word of mouth and, and community groups. And that's why partnering with we're remote on their summit in June is, is so important to us because there's still barriers. People still don't know that these jobs are available. And, you know, usually good jobs and successful careers. I've been with eBay over 18 years and have had a hugely successful career. Do you work remotely yourself? Yeah, so I, I work uh, remotely. I also have um, 
some of our employees like to work in our office in, in eBay and in, in Blanchardstown. Um, and I try to get on site there as often as possible as well. I live not too far away. I, I live in Navan um, in County Mead. So it's actually a really flexible way for me to work in a, in a hybrid uh, situation. Absolutely. And it seems to be the way the world is changing and, and certainly employees are demanding that now and, it, and it's working kind of really well for companies like yourselves that can, can really leverage data and make it work and make it a key part of what you do. But you've mentioned the conference that's coming up. Tracy, I think I'll bring you back in on this one as well. Um, this is a two-day event that's taken place in Leash next month. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so I just love hearing Tawan Curtin speak. I, it just gives me such energy every time. Like that idea that they took location off their jobs. I mean, that is absolutely massive to think that location isn't a barrier to career opportunities you know that line there are no jobs here isn't no is no longer applicable because of leaders like Siobhan making those changes within eBay but the conference okay it's going to be fun because when remote organizations or communities get together for off-sites or in-person activities you know it's going to be kind of something different so it's two days we're bringing in government and community groups and industry leaders like Siobhan and then we have um, the, the, the companies, obviously, who are hiring and the talent. There's lots of roundtables throughout the day. So there's one for, for retreats. We have Chase Warrington, who's head of remote in Duist, coming over. He writes for Forbes on retreats. He's going to be helping Ireland kind of build out that. Um, and then we've got a festival in the evening time. And tomorrow, we're about to announce um, a matchmaking festival in that, as well as some beer tasting, late night cafes, things like that. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you've, you've done a little bit of things like panel panels, you know, workshops and roundtable discussions too. But even a 10K innovation yeah. competition, that's interesting. Is, is again, is remote a key facet of that? Yes, absolutely. So that innovation competition is for, so the, the challenge that kind of Siobhan just, just pointed out there around these jobs being without location. So the problem is if somebody in Port Leash or Offaly is looking for jobs, they'll still search by, you know, admin role, Port Leash. That eBay job won't pop up. You know, so we need different models for maximising the potential of remote. And even into, you referenced the founder of um, OpenAI talking about how remote doesn't work. One of the reasons for that, that he said, it works for lots of other companies, is that the technology isn't there yet. So we just want to catalyze support, really good innovations in this space, and we'll get them in front of uh, judges who are to really help these companies um, access the remote market. And as part of the Remote Force exhibition that you're hosting over the two days too, Technology and Ecosystem Expo is a huge part of that and obviously to show, give people and showcase the tools that are there to make remote working more effective. Yeah, absolutely. Now, usually kind of remote conferences focus on, you know, how do you manage hybrid and, and, and those kind of elements. We've, we've talked an awful lot about that over the last, what is it now, four years, maybe nearly five. And um, so really it's about what's next. You know, how do we drive it forward for Ireland? Like we already have some brilliant employers like eBay, like, um, you know, Automatic, like GitLab, one of the world's largest remote employers are, f- are flying over. They had a workplace there, Laurel. So really... One of the things, Ronan, that I would love to do is, it won't happen, you know, after just two days, but at least in the Midlands, that every person in the Midlands is very, it knows completely about the companies who are hiring remotely in the Midlands. Knows the names, knows the people in them, knows what they do, the kind of roles they have. And there are all kinds of roles at all levels. And I will say, I just made a promo code there on the website, Midlands 103. So there's just two free tickets if somebody wants to hop on fast. Thanks, they'll thank they'll you, get those. Thanks, Amelia. It's the 8th and the 9th of June anyway in the Midlands Park in Port Leash. If people want to find out more, Tracy, what's the best way to actually just get all the details on that? Uh, growremote.ie um, or just shoot us an email to hello at growremote.ie.
simple as that and as Tracy says a, a, a code there as well for people it'll be two free tickets available to the first people in to get those um, fantastic event Tracy look at it, it's an absolute privilege as always to have you on and indeed um, you know to just to be able to kind of take a snapshot as well of the great work that's been done there and I think your closing yeah. statement there about making people aware of every company and every job that's out there just to show them and open their eyes to maybe the potential jobs that exist and that all can be done Ronan could I add one more Absolutely. point just on that sorry okay thank you okay so visibility is one issue right but accessibility is another issue and the Leach and Offaly ETB have been phenomenal so they're they together with Solace and IDA run a free nationwide uh, free training program in remote work and eBay have been the biggest contributor to that in terms of ensuring that not only do you know that the jobs are there but you have the skills to be able to get in so these jobs aren't just for people from the tech industry you know they're from hospitality different sectors and eBay in particular have been really good at reaching out into that particular market there's plenty of people unemployment isn't a, you know so much of a thing in Ireland these days but underemployment is um, and LOETB have really been leading that nationally and that's one of the big reasons we're going to Port Leash is because it genuinely is the centre of all things innovation and remote work Absolutely and of course lots of coverage on Midlands 102 today about the impact um, you know, on the hospitality sector too that potentially lots of jobs uh, you know, under in jeopardy there because of lack of accommodation and stuff so when you mention the transferable skills I'm sure people's ears will prick up and they will certainly be interested but Tracy Keogh co-founder of Grow Remote thank you so much for coming this evening and also to Siobhan Curtin Director for Ireland at eBay and as it so that conference is there, it takes place on the 8th and 9th of June growremote.ie and click on the Grow Remote Summit you can find out all you need to know about how you can secure tickets for that event as well time now for a short break after that we're going to look at that very issue of people coming back to the office and particularly people coming to an office and even if it's only for a day or two week but for the first time having maybe attended college and graduated during lockdown and uh, the kind of training and the behaviour changes that people are experiencing on that What's the actual root of that and is it something that as a business we should be looking at and how we can kind of plan and mitigate that? I'll be joined shortly by Porig Walsh, a behavioural psychologist, and uh, to delve into that topic. Talk to you very shortly. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. A headline appeared in the Irish Times over the last day or two. Do I have to sit with people? It suggests that COVID graduates talk about the challenges of working in offices for the first time. Bear in mind, a lot of people went through college during lockdown years, subsequently graduated, possibly started working remotely. And then the point came where they were asked to come back to the office, be it on a full time basis or a part time basis, in whatever case. But for many people, they had never done that before. Now, some of the big companies in the UK, the likes of Deloitte and PwC, have begun providing extra coaching to their younger staff after noticing that the recruits have weaker teamwork and communication skills than previous cohorts. So it begs the question, have our behaviours been fundamentally changed forever uh, after the pandemic as well? Well, to find out more, I'm going to be joined by Bunbrosna native Porig Walsh. He's a behaviour psychologist at Changeable.ie and they use behavioural psychology to understand and change human behaviour. Porig, is this something that you've come across already? It is, Ronan, and, and weirdly enough, it takes me back to the start of the pandemic when a lot of multinationals got in touch and said, actually, what we want to do is to map some of those face-to-face interpersonal skills that we would have been using when we're flying out to meet with clients, and we want to map those onto a remote meeting. So there was a lot of work done at that stage. Now what we're doing is we're trying to decouple that work and bring people back towards that face-to-face interactions again. And that's a real sign of the impact of the pandemic because for years, for two whole years, you had 
college graduates who are, who are now working in these organizations were subject to screens in their bedrooms, at their kitchen tables, without those soft skills that businesses so much rely upon. Now, a lot of people you speak to will often look back on the pandemic and maybe the remote work or not the remote work, but the working from home in that emergency scenario as it was. And they look at all the restrictions and a lot of people have kind of in some ways in their heads moved on. So would the likes of these younger graduates, right? Yes, they maybe never had the direct experience of being in the workplace, but would they not have moved on and just kind of adapted quickly to it or has something deeper rooted set in potentially? No, I don't think, I think it's more about skills. I think it's actually about the skills that were learned or that could have been practiced because when you go into any workplace, you can have policies, we can have training days, but actually what the research will tell us is that so much of our of our day-to-day work practice is learned through osmosis. It's learned through observing the practices of others. It's learned through making those mistakes and learning and testing and, and retesting. It's very difficult to do that when you're working independently at home. So I think it's actually about the skills that these graduates wouldn't have had an opportunity to do where they would have done group work, but they would have done it remotely, where they would have had an office, but it would have been their own space, where they would have collaborated, but they wouldn't have done that on a face-to-face basis or interacted with customers on that face-to-face basis. So what we're seeing, I don't think, is a change in attitude, but it's a deficit in skills, and that's what they're trying to address. And something, I guess, you know, there's a lot of job fairs coming up around the region the next couple of months that anybody looking at taking on graduates maybe should, you know, keep an open eye and, and be aware of that. It's also something for graduates themselves. I, I would supervise a lot of students from third level and I will say to them that the best practice that they will get is working in the services industry because that's where you start to hone in and learn those people skills that are going to stand to you so much in the future, regardless of whatever job you go into one of the most important things that people will judge you upon is your ability to communicate, is your ability to relate to other people, and it's your ability to represent your organisation in a way that's going to be effective. And again, something that was stripped from a lot of students because many of whom would have worked in hospitality, would say, during the summer or during the weekends in that kind of public-facing role too that you say can really help you hone those skills too. So, yeah, definitely there's a, there's obviously a, a been a gap and a deficit there. But uh, I guess if both sides are aware of it, hopefully we can overcome that and just get, get back to that normal that we were chasing for so long. Yeah, that's it. And what you find is a lot of organisations are now they're building in their hybrid work practices, which for oldies like you and I, Ronan, work really <laughs> well in terms of work-life balance. But for younger graduates, what we, when you start out your career, you thrive on all of the activities that are there at work, on seeing your other colleagues and seeing how they work. So actually, sometimes us being at home as older heads, us more experienced workers being at home, sometimes deprives those graduates. What I'm seeing PwC and Deloitte doing is actually saying we need mentors. We need people who are going to guide these graduates around some of these soft skills because they haven't learned them before. And in fairness, the need for mentors goes back for hundreds of years too. It's a kind of common and standard part of any business or any practice. But uh, Porig, I'm very conscious for us two oldies. It's getting close to eight o'clock. We better call it a night because we're all both getting tired. (laughs) Porig Walsh, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, glad the voice held up for you. Thanks very much, Ronan.
Porig, of course, a behavioural psychologist there at uh, Changeable.ie and uh, as I say, he was battling a, a heavy throat there, but he managed to get through that as well. So interesting, you know, keep an eye out, as, but as a graduate and as an employer, if you need to take people on there too, because there is that gap and that, that, that few years that would have an impact on anybody. So bear that in mind if you're going out there recruiting and you're trying to take somebody on, integrate them in. Anyway, that's it for this evening. Time for me to let Joe Cooney come into the studio here and take over because Country Roads will be here with you from 8 o'clock, bringing the very best of Irish and American country music. Hopefully you enjoyed today's show. It'll be podcast on the podcast section of midlands103.com tomorrow or wherever you find your podcasts. Talk to you next week. Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.